going on, people? You are listening to the Odd People Podcast, and I am your host, Matt the Cat. Today is episode number 52, and in this episode, I have a conversation with filmmaker, poet, and storyteller Michael F. Du Bois. I hope you enjoy the show. Ten minutes late, um, no but I knew no. where it was. So, all right, cool. I'm here with Michael F. Du Bois. Hi, Michael. Hey, how you doing? Hi again. Hi again. <laughs> it's good to talk to you, man. Yeah, we hung out a while back and talked, and I had a major snafu with my equipment, and I was unable to fix it and make any sense of it and it was a nightmare and it sucked when you you're gracious enough to come yeah absolutely and meet me here you're the first person in the podcast in the studio. studio and i know that feeling too i have um man i have had some bad experiences where i was like doing some you know big project or whatever and i yeah you know very last minute i'm like oh i screwed up i have to email these people now and you know it's the worst yeah but what are you gonna do i was dreading sending you a message yeah (laughs) i'm like i don't know he seems like a nice guy but i don't know if he's gonna be pissed off and be like jesus christ you took up a big portion of my day (laughs) and now i have to freaking meet this guy again no screw you no i felt like (laughs) all right here's a chance to like refine a little bit because you know sometimes you leave an interview and you're like what the hell did i just say yeah you know you don't get interviewed every day that's true that's true you know so i probably asked you a bunch of questions you didn't expect that is very that is very true yeah most people don't ask me those in this grocery store (laughs) so um can you explain to the listeners you know who you are uh and what you do sure uh so i'm michael f dubois Uh, i'm a writer artist filmmaker and poet um living here on cape cod um I started with film. That was actually my first love in storytelling. Um, I started a, a while back when I was younger. Um, my friends and I would just make, you know, like ridiculous home movies and stuff. And that kind of yeah. morphed into getting my first editing software and creating documentaries and things like that. Um, I went on to study um, film video at uh, Mass College of Art in Boston. Um, and then also interned under um, the former president of Paramount and Disney for two years for an internship, um, which was really cool. Uh, cool. And then the biggest piece that I had made film-wise um, during my uh, – right before my senior year mm-hmm. of college, um, my mom passed from a lifelong battle, um, lifelong as in she had it since um, – she was diagnosed with cancer when, right around when I was born. Um, yeah, so, uh, she passed from a lifelong battle with cancer. Um, and I did a document, like a full length documentary on her life, um, and my grief. So it really, it started, uh, right around when she passed. Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of interviewed myself just talking about how I was losing my mom. Um, and then 
did kind of a five-year um, chron chronicling of my process of grief. Uh, and that became a documentary called Becoming Home, which was okay. me learning how to um, find myself and stand up on my own. And then that um, transitioned into a love of just kind of all storytelling. And that really happened yeah. when I... Uh, when I moved to the Cape in 2014, it really kind of went into, I started making a lot of poetry about nature um, and the human experience. And then that itself transitioned into really where I am today, um, which is I make a lot of um, like physical art pieces. So I do watercolored versions of my poetry mm -hmm. um, and sell those as prints and we sell them all around the country now. So yeah. um, finally found a way to make some income <laughs> off of my yeah. art. Um, and then now what's cool is that I'm able to really, you know, use all of the different skills from filmmaking to writing and everything in between um, together. So it's, yeah. it's been a blast. Um, oh, and I, and I run um, Dream of the Woods, which is a, media company that I run with my wife. Uh, nice. So, yeah, it's a blast. Sorry, there's my whole spiel yeah, for you. Nice. But... <laughs> Interview's done. See you yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, see ya. <laughs> um, so what do you consider yourself, like, first and foremost? Are you uh, a filmmaker or a writer? What do you, you know, what it's, do you lean towards? It's funny. Like, you know, if, if you would have talked to me maybe five or six years ago, um, I would have said definitely filmmaker first. Um because that was really my foundation. Mm -hmm. um, but now I would say storyteller, which is, you know, I, I think that encompasses right. kind of everything. And so um, I do write a lot of poetry and that's um, a lot of what I share, you know, on social media. Yeah. Um, I'm working on a poetry book to um, publish right now. And that's that's basically where all of my income comes from as well is selling the poetry prints so yeah so i i say storyteller because that's just yeah it encompasses everything nice <laughs> i love the uh social media accounts yeah your personal one the dream of the woods thank and, you um, you have i'll get right to it yeah you have the slogan or catchphrase mantra or whatever i don't know what you want to call it um be the ocean yeah yeah uh so what does be the ocean mean to you of course you know what's funny is i was actually on the drive over here i'm like what do i call that is it a slogan is it yeah, yeah it's not it's um and for me i it's it sounds a little cliche but it's kind of a way of of living yeah um so the poem be the ocean is something that i wrote uh back before i considered myself a poet mm -hmm. um it was a couple of years after my mom had passed i had moved around a bunch i was pretty lost in grief and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I had lived in Florida for about six months. I followed, um, I followed a girl down there and yeah. that didn't work <laughs> out. So, uh, um, it was right. You can't follow those girls. No, it was, you know, it was, yeah, it did not work out. We, uh, I moved home. Um, and so, which is good, but, uh, but, um, I would say a, couple of weeks before I left there uh it just kind of really came to me one night and it's one of yeah. the only poems that I've ever really written in in one go I mean I sat down and yeah. worked on it for a couple hours and and that was it and it's pretty much the same poem that that it is today um 
And so to me, be the ocean uh, stands for emotional fullness, um, okay. which is this idea that and belief that I hold um, that we as humans experience, um, you know, emotions and we have experiences on on a full spectrum. And the, uh, the goal, I, I think that a lot of people feel like the goal of life is to only have joy, right? To constantly mm-hmm. have joy. And that's just not, I don't think that that's reasonable. I think that expecting that to happen is going to lead to unhappiness, right? right. Um, we're living creatures that go through so many things. Yes, joy, but also anger and loss. We... We lose mm-hmm. people we love. We go through things like we're going through now and have been going through the pandemic that right. is, you know, terrifying and frustrating and changes these little things about our lives that we didn't realize were important. Um, so we have all these experiences all the time. Yeah. Um, and emotional fullness is saying, I'm going to embrace those things and allow myself to sit with them instead of suppressing them. Um, and that way I can be a full human. Um, it's like, it's like the ocean. I mean, the ocean is not, Mm -hmm. you know, gorgeous and serene all the time. Um, and we don't expect it to be, um, you know, it's stormy, it's gloomy, it's, uh, it is beautiful as well, but it's all these different things and we allow it to be that anger isn't a bad thing. Sadness isn't a bad thing. I think the suppression of those leads to unhealthiness you know yeah um so that's what be the ocean is about i can read it to you if you want yeah 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 i'd love to and you have it up here too which makes me so happy yeah um all right so yeah this actually um it's crazy it's one of the only things that i wrote really in one sitting um and the only thing that was changed a few years later was just one one word um i've been trying to recreate that since and it has not happened to everything else oh really <laughs> everything else i i'm like oh this is a great poem and i write it down i'm like that is horrible and it takes a lot of <laughs> reworking um, reworking and editing but you know that's what it is so um okay be the ocean be ever changing but always the same be simple and transparent with an entire world deep down inside full of odd and interesting creatures be calm be still but let yourself get wild and lost in a storm from time to time. Have many homes on many shores and be slightly different at every one. Let people in. Let them feel free and surround them with every bit of your being, asking for nothing in return. Take in sharp rocks and all the broken glass and return them back as beautiful treasures. Be routine, but never predictable. And be so loved that people spend their days sitting by your side. Be free and vast and be deep and powerful, all the while being completely moved by something greater than yourself. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's it's been pretty amazing to think that that is something that I wrote one night during a time when I was you know, I felt very lost. I, mm-hmm. I didn't consider myself a poet. Um, and yeah. now, you know, I get emails from people saying, 
they read that at their wedding or it's wow. been read at their, you know, their friends or their parents' funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, or they, they look at it every day on the wall and it's what they read in the morning. Um, that's been amazing. Yeah, that's, to be able that to is connect incredible. With it. Yeah, it's, it really <laughs> is. Um, I, feel, I feel incredibly lucky to have, yeah. to have that. Yeah, I've always lived somewhat near the ocean. Yeah. And we've been talking about it a lot lately because we used to have the camper. Yes. Yeah. And um, we sold that. And um, now now the boys want like a boat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, but we spent so much time like, you know, we spent a lot of time at the beach and everything. Yeah. And, and I spent so much time on the water when I was a kid that I'm like, man, I'm like, you know, it's. It's a different world than going camping, and yeah. you can truly be like alone. Yes, <laughs> yeah, just, like yeah, go right? out on. You yes. know, we have kayaks and stuff, and yeah. we go out. But there's, I, I think of, there's a few events in my life that you know, that stand out, and I feel like I always gravitated towards the ocean. Yeah, you know, whether good or bad, I yeah. always kind of went to that, and. Um, you know, I may, I wish I could have seen this and read this a long time ago, you know, <laughs> before it was written. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it would have been the kind of thing that probably stuck with me. I mean, it sticks with me now. I'm so glad I put it in that yeah. frame and I look at it all the time. It looks awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm super, I, I feel honored too, because it's one of the first pieces you put in the Yeah, it's the one of the studio. few pieces of decor I have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Slowly, slowly building it up. Um, but no, I mean, I agree. I have always gone to the ocean. Mm. Um, either when I'm, you know, going through a wonderful period in my life or I'm struggling with something yeah. um and, it, and it's funny i think you know my mom always did that um her yeah. her parents always did that it goes back and back yeah um there's just something about that that i think we i think that that we maybe subconsciously see ourselves mm-hmm. in that um it never feels socially acceptable to be angry or feel you know a little bit of rage about something or yeah um, to feel low. I think that a lot of the time we feel expected to be happy, right? Or just yeah, be good. Just put on a happy face. Exactly. And uh, and that's great sometimes. But the truth is, you you know, you go to the ocean and you, and you see it raging and stormy um, and yet still fully alive and healthy. It's there's something really rewarding. And um, yeah, I, I dedicated a short episode uh, about being on autopilot yes and having like an autopilot self yes I remember and it really ties that. into what you're saying about you know you know you got to put on a happy face you got to yeah. be out there everybody expects you to walk through your life with a big smile and everything's fine yeah and you know i don't know i don't know what the percentage of time goes by that it's just not yeah yeah whatever it is <laughs> it's part of being a human you you can't just go to work you can't go and be out in the world just yeah. cheerful and happy 24-7. And it's that's the autopilot. You gotta, Sometimes you have to do it. Yeah. You have to be the yeah. autopilot self. And then there's other times where, you know, you have to just let it, let it rip. <laughs> be angry, be yeah. sad, be, you know. 
cry it out, punch something, you know, it's, I, sometimes you're going to just let it fly. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, I'm a chronic crier myself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not really chronic, but I, um, <laughs> it is just, actually, I have to go in the back and cry real quick. Okay. No, um, it the is closet just, trip yeah. there if you want. <laughs> it's just such a good release. You know, it's something that your body needs, I think, sometimes. And yeah. it's funny talking about the, the autopilot thing and the having to be happy all the time. I agree. Autopilot is necessary sometimes. Yeah. And and I think that that gets misconstrued and people say, no, you, you should really be, you know, fully aware all the time and, and fully. And it's just sometimes that's exhausting, man. You know, is, <laughs> you yeah, just can't. And it's your body's way of saying, you know what, I'm going to take over for a little bit. You rest, go into survival mode, be on yeah. autopilot and I'll take over. Right. But it's funny. I have been thinking you know, especially during the beginning of the pandemic. So Mm -hmm. back in March, April, May, um, I couldn't believe the amount of times I would go to the grocery store, right. To go get stuff, especially in the beginning when we, nobody had any idea really what Mm -hmm. was quite going on. I'm totally freaked out. Right. I have this, this homemade mask on (laughs) that, you know, that we figured out and, um, I'm sweating, walking around the grocery store, trying to get stuff, confused and, you know, feels like the world's falling apart. And I walk up to the cashier and they say, how you doing? And from behind my huge mask, I just say, I'm good. How are you? And it's like, I'm not good. I'm not good. None of this is good. None of us are good, you (laughs) know, but uh, it's funny. We we do that a lot. And, you know, I don't think the answer is to... When somebody says, how you doing? To say, you know what? I'm horrible. And let me tell you why. Yeah, like, let me dump on you. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it's a good Perfect stranger. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but, it, you know, for me, uh, my poetry and storytelling for me is a, is a way to kind of soak in <clears throat> all of those experiences mm-hmm. um, and, and put them into a, an accessible form of art for people that allows them, you know, to experience um, or, or to have that release on their own yeah. in, in in their home, you know. I I hear that a lot from people that Be The Ocean specifically um, will help them get through a hard time or will yeah. bring them to tears or will, you know, even bring up old stuff that they haven't dealt with yet right. and realize that they have the courage to do that. Yeah, that um, tends to happen. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and and the truth is, you know, we, I feel like the job of an artist is, is to dig in and be, you know, the, the emotional translator kind of for the world. Um, obviously, I'm not saying I'm the only one. There are artists everywhere. Yeah. But, um, you know, I... So many people have to be on autopilot throughout the day, and yeah. and that is understandable, and and I get that, um, and they can't wear their emotions on their sleeves at all times, and so, and there's so many things that are difficult to really dig into and uh, figure out, and so for me, I feel like my job is to sit with those difficult emotions and and feelings, um, put them into something like a poem, and then yeah. when somebody reads it it gives them the chance to kind of shut off for a bit. Yeah. Kind of sit with, with that and process it, you know? Yeah. I like that. So you had mentioned, uh, 2014, you moved to the Cape. We moved to the Cape that same, no way, that same year. No way. Unbeknownst 
pronounced to us or whatever the word is. Uh, yeah. You, um, you were living right down the road from I was. here. Yeah, this was my town for a bit. Yeah. Where, where did you grow up? So I grew up in Marshfield, okay. um, which is, what, about a little under an hour from here. Yeah, something like that. Um, up Route 3. Yeah. Right? Yes. That way. Yeah. <laughs> um, still near the ocean. On the way to Boston. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's funny because if I tell people on the Cape that I grew up in Marshfield, they'll say, oh, so like in like near Boston. And then when I was going to school in Boston and I'd say, oh, I live in Marshfield, they would say, oh, so you live on the Cape. So it's, yeah. no, it's right in between. <laughs> um, I yeah. would say, oh, near Plymouth. Oh, thank you. Yes. I know just <laughs> yes. that direction. Exactly that way. Anything that direction. I'm from the other direction. Yes. So anything that way is, oh, near Plymouth. Yeah. Plymouth's huge. It's got to be near there. Sure. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I grew up in Marshfield, uh, spent my whole life there, had a great childhood there, um, and then went to school in Boston, uh, found out pretty quickly that I'm not a city person. Mm-hmm. That was <laughs> that was pretty easy to yeah. uh, figure out. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed school a lot. I enjoyed mass art. It was a great experience, but um, God, I was depressed most of college. Just, really? yeah, it was not, it, th- living in the city was not my thing. Um, I was also, you know, going through that period of life where I think you're trying to figure out who you are as well. Yeah. And so, um, you know, in other things, my mom was, was extra sick then towards the end. And, um, so there's lots of reasons I was depressed yeah, and, and right. probably breakups and girlfriends yeah, and yeah. stuff, but, uh, being away from home, being away yeah. from home. Yeah. I can um, see that. <laughs> but so, but it was, it was a good experience. I'm glad that I learned that, um, moved back home after college for a short bit and moved. It was right after my mom had passed. Um, and then, then I moved to Florida Mm-hmm. Um, with the the woman I was dating, um, and I remember thinking like this is gonna be so great, like because I grew up, yeah. um, you know, with with Nickelodeon and all those things. So in my yeah. head, I was like, I'm gonna go find a film job in Orlando, yeah, and like, right. no, that's not really quite the way it is there. <laughs> At least it wasn't when I was there. And um, so I was there for about six months, and then um, something was just pulling me towards the Cape. I, yeah. I knew that I wanted to come back to Massachusetts. Um, pretty much all of my family lives close. So nice. either in Marshfield or surrounding towns, um, yeah. including, you know, cousins, aunts, uncles. And so I knew I wanted to be close. Um, but the Cape really allowed me to be home while also, you know, having my own space. I, right. I was I could come to everything, but I was I was a good distance yeah. still away. Um, we like that too. We, yeah, we, sometimes it sucks because we have kids Yeah, and it'd be a lot easier to just drop them off at my parents or my wife's parents for like a night or a couple of hours. But it's like to do that and with a 45 minute ride, it's like not worth it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Just to sometimes get out and run errands or whatever. So, uh, that part of it kind of sucks, but we do enjoy uh, living 45 minutes away from my parents. Yeah. I live like an hour away from my brother. Yeah. So it's like, kind of makes it more special to see everybody when yes. you do see them. And then, you know, on the other hand, I didn't grow up in town. Yeah. So I can go to, you know, Great Gables Market. Yeah. Or I can go to, you know, Graziella's or yes. the Corner Cafe and not run to anybody I know. Yes. It's like <laughs> wonderful to go out to eat in town or go into a store and not... Yeah. You know, because every time 
almost every time I'm down in Westport, yeah. I run into somebody. Yeah. And it's like, why is it always nine times out of ten it's somebody that I really don't care for <laughs> don't or want to talk to? to. Why are they recognizing me? This doesn't even make any sense. Well, and it's funny, too, right? We have these different versions of ourselves that, you know, we we were a different person ten years ago, and a different mm-hmm. person before that, and um, yeah. and so it's hard when we all of a sudden are jolted back into you see this person from this phase of your life, and yeah. you kind of like, at least for me, it's like I forget who I am now, and I become that old person for a quick second, and yeah. I'm like, no, hold on, like, <laughs> you know. Well, what's interesting that you say that. So yesterday. Labor Day was mm. uh, my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. Which is insane. Wow, 50 years. Yeah. And um, over the weekend, we threw them a surprise party. Yeah. They didn't want a big party. And so I found their friends. Yeah. And invited their friends. Yeah. They were surprised. My dad was a little annoyed at first because he told me he didn't want to. Party. They didn't want to party. But then when he saw that it was all his friends, yes. yeah, and not like you know four hundred yes. family members that you know and like distant doing people all the small that talk barely and... he knows and talk to. Yes. You know, like yeah. he he just wanted to hang out with his friends and have a meal, and that's what we gave them. That's wonderful. And um, to hear their stories, you know, from like the seventies, <laughs> from like the sixties, yeah. late sixties, early seventies. To hear these stories about like them, like my dad was in a band with one of the guys, and um, just to hear the stories was so incredible. And yeah. and my wife and I were talking about it later, and I think she had read somewhere that like you never really grow up in your mind, you, like you you never change in your mind. Yeah, we see my parents as seventy one year old yeah. people. They're they've grown older. Yeah. They're grandparents. But in their minds, they see their friends and they just go back to being 20 years old. Yes. Yep. Partying and having Which, like, how amazing, fun. you know? Yeah. yeah, so it's it's interesting. It's like you said, you, you don't, you do go through different phases of your life and you're a different person. But, like, you're always yourself. Yeah. You just had this different phase of this different thing, you know, like, this whole thing with my parents' anniversary, where me and my wife were talking, like, geez. You know, half the wedding party wouldn't even be invited. <laughs> yeah. like, talk to these people. You know, they wouldn't even talk to them. Yes, these yeah. people that just aren't around, or yes. you know. And yeah. I'm like, no, but it's, it's true. It's crazy, and yeah. it's interesting. And I, my wife sees it. I see it with her and her friends. And I have a couple of friends, those guys right there, that I've known since I was like six. Yeah. When I'm with them, it's you know nothing but penis jokes and yeah. butt jokes and we're like <laughs> we're like little kids yeah, yeah we're like go back to high yeah. school so it's like we, yeah. we just we hang out and it's just ridiculous yeah. my wife's like you're like a kid when what you're with happened them. I'm to like, you yeah. yeah i'm like yeah because this is who, not who i married yeah, yeah. Right. no no she's not upset <laughs> no yeah you know? no i'm kidding but she's um you know where her and i we're, we're different people from when we were married yeah yeah you know we've been on mar- almost uh almost 12 years we've been married yeah so I'm like, geez, we are so different. Well, they're not different, but we are different. It's funny how, yep. I know to me, it like all equates to the ocean too. Be the ocean, and um, as you grow, I guess I'm telling you that's kind of what it means to me as yeah. well. Um, don't be afraid to grow. Exactly is how I I take a lot of that. Don't be afraid to take in the different people in your life and experience your life. Yeah in the different stages that you have because you're just going to, if you don't, you're going to 
uh, you, you'll stop growing. You won't yeah. continue to grow. Just like how you said, you know, the, the changing the ocean and your personality and your emotions. To me, it means a lot of um, just changing throughout your life and just accept the change. Yes. That's inevitable anyway. Which is so difficult, but it's so true. Yeah. Um, oh, it is. It's it's funny you uh, talking about being, you know, different, you and your wife being different. Um, yeah. Just when you start, we were getting married, right? Yeah. Um, I was having a conversation with Larissa, my wife. Yeah. Um, I think it was just yesterday. We were talking about how... Um, so I, I wasn't going to talk about this because um, we haven't really announced it yet, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. So okay. there we go. Um, we are expecting. Um, so uh, she's nice. due. Yeah. So she's pregnant. Thank you, man. We. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. I'm just like super excited. Way more. Like I knew I would be excited, yeah. but I thought that um, I thought that I would be so much more nervous than excited. And yeah, excitement has just taken over, which is right. which is the goal. Right. That's awesome. Um, so we were just talking yesterday about how um the first summer that we spent together so mm -hmm. we didn't start dating right away we became friends for a bit yeah um, and that's because i was going through stuff i think we both knew we liked each other a lot but i was going through some like mental stuff that we can we can get to um but she was good and was just like i'm gonna hang around until you're ready you know nice. um yeah. which is amazing and uh and we just spent every day together it was like it was like summer camp. We used to joke that it was like summer camp because um, we would go to work and then we'd come home. And I mean, at, like almost every night we would, you know, have some drinks, get a little tipsy. We'd go for like um, barefoot walks at midnight, like down the middle of the road because there were, you yeah. know, um, just crazy stuff. I mean, not crazy, but I think back now and yeah. I'm like, I've been in bed for two hours by midnight. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And uh, just we we lived this like it felt like a, a movie life kind of yeah kind of summer which was amazing and i think that that was really important for us um flash forward to this summer yeah uh she found out she was pregnant i'm trying to remember it, it was it was just before summer yeah um and she's been having a, a pretty rough uh pregnancy um oh, that's like you know she's healthy yeah. and all of that but she's just people talk about morning sickness and i don't think anybody's ever said to us oh yeah but you could also maybe just feel nauseous all the time yep and uh which yeah. people should say more often yeah they should just say nauseous <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> and uh throw so, a time of day and it just oh screws everybody up <laughs> and it's like it's crazy so literally like morning till night all summer she oh. was just feeling horrible and she, you know that sucks she was doing her best and we were i was picking up slack where i could and stuff like that yeah. but we really spent all summer at home um, partly too, cause you know, we're both vaccinated, but we are being extra careful yeah, she's virus wise cause she's pregnant and <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And so, um, like we can spend a summer like this, but, uh, we just spent it at home kind of hanging out. And, yeah. and she said to me, she's like, I feel like I kind of tricked you that first summer because <laughs> it seemed like I was just like, you know, this magical person that was up for anything yeah. and we were always out and we like Wild never child. slept. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, and then this summer it was like talking about nausea and laying on the couch and watching yeah. movies like all summer talking yeah. about how the air conditioning, you know, gave us headaches because we were yeah. too long. And, right. uh, <laughs> and like, you know, you can look at that and be like, oh, that's a bummer. But at the same time, and I, and I do, I remember after that first summer, 
things started to come back into reality a little a little more, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember having a difficult time with that transition and feeling like, what happened to this everyday like crazy magic yeah. that we had? And the truth is that, you know, life is so much more intricate and complicated than that. It's great to have a summer that way. Um, yeah. But it was it was a difficult transition and. And I look back on it now and I think, well, of course it was difficult. Like we were entering a whole new chapter of our lives. Yeah. Up until now this point where this is a whole different chapter, right? Preparing right. for yeah. a child and yeah. Yeah. spending all summer indoors. We got a um a beach sticker for the town of Mashpee. Yeah. Um we put it on our car a week before it expired because <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't use it all oh, summer. Because you didn't use it, yeah. I see. Yeah. Um and so it's things are different, you know, yeah. but you got to roll with it because I mean, even even in this this moment right now where she's she's starting to feel better, which is good. But uh, we had some beautiful moments in that we got closer through yeah. all of that. And then we're going to have a child out of this. Like, yeah, amazing. How you know, if, if we had just stayed in that that one phase where we got tipsy every night and went for midnight walks, yeah. we would never be here. And no, so, no, you never would. Yeah. You have to grow. You have to grow. Yeah. Uh, were you the kind of kid? Uh, growing up that wanted kids yeah okay <laughs> yes so. I was too yeah I was yeah. I was the kid that would I'd get angry with my mom if she were to like throw something away yeah so, like I for instance I think I had like a um, kind of like a life jacket style like floaty thing for the yes. pool yeah to learn how to swim yeah and I remember it just not fitting me anymore, and I put it in my closet. And my mother was like, "Why the hell is this in here?" Like, like a year later, or whatever. Why is this in here? I would say, "I'm going to keep that for when I have a kid." Yeah. Like I was always under the impression <laughs> I was going to have kids, so I'm just yeah. like, my mind Might as well was hold like, on "Well, these things like ripped and falling apart." Like, yeah. yeah, they'll have new ones. That's adorable. Yeah, though. like that was my. <laughs> yeah. That was always my mindset. When I have kids, I got to keep this. Yeah. Luckily. My kids have about 400 pounds of Legos. Yes. Most of which were mine. No way. <laughs> yeah, so well, there yeah, you we go. Kept, so. Uh, I, my mother did keep the more expensive Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad she did. And those, those are, are expensive. So oh, my expensive. God. My uh, my nephew is really into Legos right now. And, yeah, they're crazy expensive. You're like, oh, what do you want, buddy? He's like, Millennium Falcon. You're <laughs> like, oh, cool. You go check it out. You're like, no. $300. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, no, thanks, bud. It's crazy. Um no, I was always that way. So, yeah. And I was always, um, I joked about this at our wedding that since I was little, I would like like daydream about my wedding someday, oh, really? which is like so not the classic, like what young boys are doing, no. right? And I was doing like other stuff, getting dirty and, you know, yeah, being, it, a little boy. being crazy yeah. outside being a little and kid. going to the hospital because I broke something oh, or, you know what I mean? Uh, but at the same time, I was also like, I I loved the idea of finding a partner um, that that I just really clicked with, and we were yeah. gonna we were gonna spend the rest of our lives together. That sounded so cool, and I yeah. um, so I made a joke at our wedding about that that I could remember, you know, thinking about this day when I was a little kid because I couldn't sleep and I was thinking about yeah. it, and uh, um, and I would think about kids too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't know too many little boys that are thinking about their wedding no. day. <laughs> and the I t- get the kids thing. I get the kids yes. thing because I did that a lot. But it's... I, I also wanted 10 kids. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, until I met a woman 
my wife. Yeah. And she was like, no way in hell <laughs> is that ever going to yes, happen. 10 kids. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, too. I mean, I'm sure, like, because I used to write up plans for everything. Like, I would, when I was bored in elementary school, I would, like, draw up plans for, like, what my house was going to be. And, of course, yeah. I had, like, a river running through it and, like, crazy yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure my, my thoughts on my wedding yeah. were, like, and then there's a firework explode. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like. Yeah. Um, a launch pad for a rocket. <laughs> yes, too. exactly. Yeah. Uh, movies playing of clips from our whole lives. Yeah, like, right. You know, that's so, funny. But yeah, were you um, were you a really artistic kid? Did you spend a lot of time, uh, you know, were you thinking about filmmaking or when, when did that when did that start for you? When were you? Uh, yeah, I would say I was a really um, creative kid and busy kid. Um, I didn't start I, I guess I started the film thing pretty early um originally I can remember one of the the first things I remember um is I wanted to be an inventor when I grew up like quote unquote I don't really know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um that's a big yep. <laughs> encompassing <laughs> term but I loved making new things um I loved the idea that I could try and solve a problem and help other people with it mm. um and so i really wanted to my mom like used to literally let me and i think back i'm like why did she let me do this stuff i <laughs> i would wake up and be like i'm gonna make the world's best like like cleaning solution and i would literally take like all the stuff in under the sink and mix it into a bottle which is like bleach and like just yeah, all you, this crazy stuff you could have burnt the house down. right <laughs> and then i'd be like mom there's a stain on the carpet in the other room can i try it and I don't know why she let me, but she was like, yeah, sure. Maybe like, burn a hole maybe it'll work out. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, you had to put a rug over it. Um, and oh, just like, ah. and then I got really into, um, I was very into magic. Like, uh -huh. cause yeah. I loved the, the feel of that. I loved being able to like, kind of convince people that there was this like special, right. You know, <laughs> special um, thing happening yes. that they don't know about. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, my parents let me, um, I wanted to learn how to uh, do that thing where you, you see it in movies, where um, you have all the plates and dishes on a table uh, and you pull yeah. the tablecloth out. And they were like, sure, you can use our dishes for that. <laughs> it's like, what? I'm sure I broke stuff. Um, learn Hold how to on, do Michael, it. Hold on, use the fine china. Yes, exactly. Um, Jeez. Go ahead. And uh, But my parents were super supportive in that way. Um, and then, you know, that really just kind of morphed into i remember finding our you know our family video camera the old mm. big shoulder one right yeah yeah um, actual cassette yes yeah, yeah. yeah and uh and wanting to make movies and stuff and then i remember getting to the point where i had a couple of friends my my best friend growing up we would always be really into that but other friends would get bored and be like can we are we can we stop making movies now? Yeah. And I'm like, no, we got to like write scripts and like do all that. And they're like, right. this is not what I want to spend my time doing. And that's when I realized like, oh, I'm really into this. And uh, that yeah. kind of took over most of my life um, through middle school and, and high school and college. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that about the scripts and things because uh, my boys are always wanting to make movies and they're always saying oh i'm gonna make that they have a whole series of movies yeah that they talk about no way and we you just listen to i'm like now is that in part three or part <laughs> nine like they have i'm yeah. like it sounds more like it should be a tv series guys like you guys are get they get detailed yeah 
I don't remember what the hell I was talking about when I was 11. I'm like, you guys yeah. need to start writing this down. Yes. I'm thinking of just like yes. letting them talk and just to record it yeah. for like prosperity, just yeah. like to have it forever. Because um, it's amazing material. Because, yeah, they just, I'm like, <laughs> you guys just talk. The very first episode of the podcast is them as their characters, uh, Captain Danger and Tornado Man. No, I haven't listened that far back. Yeah. I'll have to go listen it's, to it. You know, it's, it's. It was still experimental at that yes. time. I didn't think I was even going to keep going forward. Yeah. And I recorded them talking because I just wanted to test other people's voices yes. on the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> here, come here, kids. So I, like, I had one microphone, and it was in my you know woodworking shop, and it was just like a mess. But, um, yeah, they uh, they have like a whole series. And I'm like, man, we need to – I tell them all. I'm like, you need to start writing this stuff down. Yeah. You need to, like, make a storyboard, draw it, whatever, something. yeah. yeah. You know, most of the time they're just like, yeah, no, that'd be too boring. Like, we'd rather just talk your ear off <laughs> yes, for like exactly. two hours. Why don't you write it down? <laughs> yeah, you write it down. Um, no, but I mean, the truth is some of that stuff sticks. I mean, the the name of the company that I run with my wife, uh, yeah. Dream of the Woods. Yeah. That's a name that I came up with uh, at the very beginning of high school. Um, wow, yeah. Uh, my last name is, du- is Dubois, which originally yeah. was Dubois, um, which means of the woods. Uh, it's French Canadian. Um, and so that's where that comes from. Yeah. And for me as a kid, it was my dream, right? Dream of the woods to become successful and to make art. Um, and so I figured like, I'll, I'll stick with that name and I'll, I'll make it work. And it's, you know, that's what I literally use to this day. Wow, that's you know? awesome. So sometimes those things really do stick. And uh, yeah, I hope they stick yeah. to that, you know, creative part of their brain. Cause I say it all the time. People talk about you know, what they want their kids to do, you'll do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to have kids or at least one kid that we know of so far. Yeah. And, yep. uh, <laughs> you know, you and your wife will talk about it. You and your friends will talk about it. You'll talk about what, you know, what you hope, you know, what they'll be and their strong suits in school and what they're into, yeah. if it's sports or music or art or, you know, whatever their hobbies are. And um, I always say that, and I especially say it to my oldest son because I know it'll retain a little more at his age i just say like i I just want them to be happy yeah and i want them i want them to do something that they're excited about yes you know so and i I even say that because sometimes my son's like oh i want to make movies and then there's other times he's like oh i want to drive a garbage truck yes like okay (laughs) yeah i'm like whatever as long as you're happy and if you have some sort of passion and other like you know extracurricular thing you want to do yeah Pursue it, too. Like, yeah. there's no reason you should be just, you get a job as a garbage man. That's what you always wanted to do, and that's it. Exactly. Like, there's nothing, yeah. if there's something else you wanted to do, do that, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing this right now. I have to, you know, work the rest of the week yep. and, and go about <laughs> yeah. making money yes. and paying bills. Yes. But I also, you have to make time for everything. Yeah. Well, and it's, I've been finding, especially lately, that just every single aspect of your life there's so much to learn in you know it's not like god just so we just bought a house um that you came over to yeah um, in mashpee and that's our first house it was pretty the house itself structure wise was great it's it's not an old house it's wonderful um the inside was pretty bad yeah Uh, yeah you're in it (laughs) (laughs) and uh it was so bad that we went in uh because it was the seller um, was a wonderful woman. Um, she had rented it out to people uh, for a few years, I think. Um, 
and they just trashed it. Yeah. Um, and so she was like, I'm done with this. I'm going to sell it. So it was so bad when we went in, I like cheered because I knew nobody else <laughs> would. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was like, this is awesome. Cause we had been getting outbid like everywhere else. Oh yeah. Of course. Um, or somebody would come in with cash or whatever. And I was like, this is awesome. Man. It smells horrible. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so we redid the the inside um, a lot, and then the yard was was Jumanji. Like it was just <laughs> the backyard was like insane weeds, and um, the front was just all dirt. And so I decided, like I've always, you know, I really want a nice lawn. I I grew up with yeah. a nice lawn to play on, and um, and I really wanted that. And I also wanted to put in a like a wildflower garden and vegetable garden right. and that stuff. Um, I had no idea what I was getting into, but I was like, yeah, I'm going to put in a new lawn. Yeah. And so I had um, all of this um, soil delivered and compost, and um, I um, used a machine to dig up all the, the soil and pull out all – like, it took forever. Um, <laughs> and I was like, you know, if I can just get to the end and put the seed down, like, awesome, then I'll have a lawn. It'll be good. Yeah. And of course, that's not what happens. You get to the end, you put the seed down and some, you know, it grows. And then you're like, okay, now I have to do more seed in this area. Uh-huh, and yeah, I have to yeah, do yeah, this. And, do this, yeah. um, but there's so much to learn. And, and it, I love that. Like I, it was just such a blast to like learn about something new that I didn't know and yeah. spend time in my yard. I learned about, um, I learned about birds because I was just outside so much right. that they would get used to me and I was learning, you know what I mean? So it was like, there's just stuff to learn. It's like a Disney cartoon. Everywhere. Really? That's what my wife says, actually. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, I would go out sometimes and uh, just with the, with the hose, I would be spraying some area down and the birds would come out in the summer and just right. like stand there to get hosed off. And I'm like, this is like a Disney cartoon. Yeah, that's so crazy. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had our front yard done and I didn't, I got away from me. I wasn't yeah. able to keep up with it's a lot. All the crazy, you know, lawn care stuff. So yeah. starting over. It's the fall. <laughs> I'll do whatever I need to do for the fall yeah. to get it ready for next year. But yeah, it's like it's just crazy. I'm sure my neighbors are like, "What the hell does this guy do?" It looks good when I pulled up. So. Yeah, it looks okay from a distance. <laughs> from a distance, yeah. But when you really, uh, you know, I yeah. know because it was nice grass at one point. Now it's kind of gotten away from me. But um. Uh, so this is the part of the show where I want to ask you odd questions. Yeah, for sure. So first question is, where would you like to live? Uh, if not where it is right, where you live right now? Yeah, that's so tough. Um, mostly because I'm really, really happy where I am. (laughs) Where I am, um, which I know is not your question. Yeah. Um, I love where I live. Uh, I love the Cape so much. Um, I would say that if dream would be to live someplace that is on the water, but also has woods around it. Right. Um, that is like ultimate. And I talk, we, my wife and I talk yeah. about that all the time. Um, that's like the dream because I, I love the ocean and I love the seclusion of the woods. And so like, yeah. oh man, if we could have a, those both. Um, I'm yeah. sure it exists probably for an probably on Cape too. Yes, yeah. right? So I just got to make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I would probably say Ireland too. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I would probably say Ireland too. Um, I just, I love I'm the, sure you could find gloominess. that in Ireland. That's true, yeah. 
What did you like? The gloominess? Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and but I go through phases because I, I love. Have you ever been there? No. No, so, no, I haven't. <laughs> okay. um, but I love, I love gloomy days, and um, but you know, but then it it gets to a point where I'm like, okay, I need, I need some sunlight, like, yeah, you know. <laughs> so if you could live, or if you could visit any time in history, but only to be a fly in the wall, you can't affect anything, yeah. you can't change anything. Yeah. Uh, where and when would you go? You know, I was trying to think of a different answer from last okay. time because I was like, I don't know if that's exactly, but I think it's the same. Um, I would really love to see the the turn of the century, um, the the previous century, not yeah, you know, <laughs> not twenty years, not ago. twenty years ago, um, which sounds weird saying that that was twenty years I ago. I know um, <laughs> the technological revolution. I would I would love to mm. watch that. Um, I think that we now are so used to amazing technology coming out all the time and, yeah. and growing that it's just normal and like of course it is that's fine but you know i would love to be able to witness somebody like driving a car for the first time or <laughs> yeah. you know or like uh, take a take a flight somewhere for the first time right see the world in a way that they had literally never seen it before right. yeah, uh, yeah. talk on the phone for the first time <laughs> like crazy yeah. i would i would i would love to see that for sure yeah, that stuff we take for granted. We didn't even, I never even thought of that. I think yeah. to see somebody driving in a car at like 30 miles an hour. Yeah. Like they're probably so blown away and like terrified. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're going 30 miles an hour. Well, and it's crazy. I follow this Instagram account um, that I forget what it's called, but um, for a while they had been doing um, like colorized versions of old photos. Right. Yeah. Um, which is really cool because they had some great artists that did them. So they, yeah. they looked very realistic. Um, and that always felt like you were jumping back in time a little bit yeah. just to see the color of things then. But recently, they've been taking old footage, like film footage, really? and yeah. colorizing that in a very realistic way. And so there's footage of like people just hanging out in, you know, 1895. <laughs> and it's like, it's amazing to me. It's like this, yeah. you know. Total, yeah, total time machine. Yeah, it's weird to think about. You just assume everything was black and white back then. I know, right? You do. <laughs> you do, exactly. Unless it's a painting. Yeah. Then, you know, that's how we know it wasn't really in black yes. and white. It switched over sometime in 1920. All of a sudden. Yeah. It was, what was that movie? Uh, I forget. There was a movie that was... Wizard of Oz. Well, that. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it, true. It starts off in black that's and white. That's true. I was thinking of... A way worse one. Um, Pleasantville? I was thinking of Pleasantville. Oh, all right. Yeah, all right. Yes. Pleasantville, yeah. Not, yeah. Not, More, a newer movie. Not but, nearly yeah. as uh, cool. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> so if you could go back in time and uh, change something. Yeah. If you could change an event in history, hopefully for the better. Yeah. Oh, what, what event would you change? Oh, man. That is a huge question. Yeah. Wow. I I don't know. Um, you answer that, and I'll give me a give me a <laughs> minute to answer. think. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't even know if I write down questions. I don't even. You don't think answer. Of, I don't answer them like hypothetically. It's difficult. I I would say that. Um, I'll say this, and this isn't really an answer, but um, there have, especially you know now, we're really learning just how many the real history of things and just how many horrible things have happened in the past. Yeah. Um, so there are 
loads of things that I would, you know, like to change. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know. Because, of course, everybody kind of goes to, like, World War Two. Yeah. But I feel like I would just, like, I feel like I would go back a little further. Yeah. And I, if I really could truly change anything. Yeah. Which is just seems counterproductive considering we're American citizens. But I think I would kind of change the way the Europeans came to the yeah. United States. Yeah. And how... We just kind of eradicated yeah. a whole civilization of people. Yeah. You know, like just that. Just yeah. that right there. Like we couldn't like I feel like there was a way that we all could have lived yes. in this country. Yeah. A little more harmoniously. Rather than coming and killing every everything. Exactly. Inside. And saying we discovered it. Yeah. Yeah, we discovered this. Yeah. Place. It was discovered. Yeah. And I, I recently, not that long ago, I saw a map and it was um all the major tribes. Uh, of the Native Americans, which is another term I just heard recently that Native Americans, it was a Native American person being interviewed, and he, yeah. he said, yeah, you can say Indian. Yeah. And I thought that was strange that they'd rather not be called Native Americans because yeah. they'd rather be called what their tribe is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's very true, of course. <laughs> you know, they of don't course. want to be called Native Americans. Of course. They weren't Americans before. Yeah, Swampanoag or whatever. Yeah, they wanted to be called proper their yeah. proper you know tribe or uh culture of course you know? that makes sense yeah so it's like uh it's so it was it was all the tribes in the yeah. area of like north america and mexico and it just got you thinking like wow that was like a full-on civilization yes it's some of the mind were, some of the people were nomadic some of them stayed put and yeah like the europeans came here and just fucked shit up it's mind and i'm very happy that both sides of my family were weren't here even two hundred years ago. That yeah. makes me happy to <laughs> know yeah. I had nothing to do with that. And they yeah. were up here in the East Coast, yeah. just you know, probably poor and just trying to make it by. Yeah. So they weren't owning slaves and out killing Indians and yeah. Native Americans. Yeah, for real. So No, I, I think that's to give yeah. my answer. <laughs> I think and again this isn't quite an answer, but I I, I wish that I could have helped be a mediator um, in certain ways. And that that is very grand of me to think that, you know, I, I have lived a very, you know, privileged life right. in a lot of respects. So, um, yeah, me too. But in this, yeah, yeah, but in this, in this question, I would say if I knew all this information and was able to go and be an actual proper mediator, I would love that, you know? Right. So yeah, just to be able to change something. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you totally. So here's one that's not so deep. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I can answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's see. the worst job you've ever had? Oh man, can I tell you the story again? Yes, please. Oh. <laughs> so I told you this story the last time we talked. Um, it's not the worst job I had. It's the worst job I almost had. Um, right. <laughs> I call it the Build-A-Bear story. Uh -huh. um, I actually, I just recently, um, I have this wonderful therapist that I've had for seven years now, I think. Um, and we just really click and get along. Um, and I realized I had never told her the story. So like the end of my session over the phone um, last week, it came up and I was like, oh, I'll tell you another time because it's long. And she was like, no, I'm going to wait and listen to the story. So, <laughs> um, So I had... This was back before I moved to the cave. It's when I was in Florida. Yeah. Um, I, I told you I moved down there um, with 
the idea that I was going to get some job in some film industry, something. Yeah. Um, that did not happen. Yes, that did not happen. It was so sad going to see the Nickelodeon building and it was just empty, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was, and you know, and I was, I was in this high place too. I had literally just graduated college. Um, I had done you know, a two-year internship under um, the former president of Paramount and Disney. Like, I was feeling good, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, some things happened. My mom died, so that that was a bit of a blow to my ego and stuff like that and my confidence. Um, but I still was like, I'm going to go out there and, you know, make it work. It's going to be great. Um, not the case. So yeah. about a month in, I still don't have a job. Um, and my money is the money that I brought with me is just, is, you know, pretty much gone. And I was like, oh, all right. I just have to get anything, like yeah. anything. And so I, one day I just, I drove to the mall and I walked around and I was like, here's the deal. You have to apply to everything you see that yeah. is offering because like you need a job, like no more, you know, <laughs> thinking you're too good for something. Right. And so I'm walking around, I apply to a bunch of stuff, um, you know, like Barnes and Noble and stuff like right, that. Yeah. Um, and I was starting to make these tears in my, mall in my head. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> of mall stores. Right. Um, and so I'm leaving the mall and right next to the exit is Build-A-Bear. And I was like trying to trick myself to like not see it and just walk out of the mall. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you told yourself you were going to go into every place <laughs> and apply. And like to me, and I apologize if anybody works at Build-A-Bear that's listening to this, but that was like, that was the lower tier of what I did not want to work at. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go in. So I go in and the, the woman at the front desk or the you know cashier turns around and it's the manager. And she just has this big smile on her face watching me walk in. And I said, hi, are you guys hiring? And she goes, we are. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Realizing now, like, you probably didn't have many, like, you know, young yeah. men working yeah, at yeah, yeah. Build-A-Bear. Um, <laughs> often, I would say. And so uh, she goes, okay, here's the deal. Tomorrow we're having a group interview, which I, it, first of all is crazy. A group yeah. interview. It's not Google. It's Build-A-Bear. Yeah. That's the dumbest thing it's I've the, ever heard. <laughs> uh, so come back tomorrow for the group interview. Just tonight as a technicality, you have to go on our website and fill out the form, but yeah. then just come tomorrow. I'm like, okay. So I show up the next day and I, I'm not joking. It's me and probably like 20 like 16 year old girls and i was like man like this is just not what i want to be doing i just am not feeling good about myself and uh but i went all in because i'm there and uh so i'm sitting down waiting for, it to, waiting for it to start and the girl next to me is very nervous and so i'm talking to her and she said how many times did you have to apply <laughs> online before you got the group interview and i was like oh and I, like putting it together in my head i'm like oh like Four or five. It was yeah. hard. Yeah. Like oh, a bunch. It was tough. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Thank God I'm here. Uh, <laughs> so the interview starts, and it's um, it's Claire, the the manager, walking around the store that's closed, and we're all following, and she's just asking questions and throwing them out, and whoever can answer them fastest, <laughs> like gets to answer them. Yeah. Which again is bizarre because we're walking by like teddy bears with yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> And so 
so I'm answering some questions. Other people are. I'm kind of trying not to talk over too many people. Yeah. Um, and we had been told to bring something special with us that was like important to us to do yeah. like a show and tell. And so of course I went all in cause I, I needed a job even though I didn't want it to be this. Yeah. And I brought this thing that was my mom's who had just died like a year before. Mm-hmm. And so Claire was like, does anybody want to do show and tell with their item? I was like, I will. And so I'm, you know, Claire's crying in the audience <laughs> as I'm talking about my mom dying in the middle of build a bear uh, so I'm like, oh man, I'm getting this job. I know that I am. And, uh, so then she goes, okay, one last thing. We don't have time really. So if you need to leave, you can go because the interview time is up. But if you can stay, stay for yeah. this last thing, which really means like you have to stay. Yeah. Whoever stays is in the running. Exactly. Um, so we had to put together Build-A-Bear commercials and perform them right. for the group. And I was just like, man, like I was working under, you know, some big wigs that used to be in Hollywood. And now here I am at Build-A-Bear in Florida. Um, But I was like, I got to go for it because you told yourself, man. (laughs) I need a job. I need a job. (laughs) I need a job. So she she broke us up into groups. And gave us 10 minutes. So I was with these two other girls and everybody was nervous. And I was like, something flipped in me. And I was like, come on, girls. And like dragged them on the other side of the store. And uh, <laughs> like, we picked out all these different outfits. And then the commercial was, I held one of the teddy bears and I voiced it. So I was like, I was waking up and I went, oh, good morning. Yeah. I love being a bear. Blah, blah. <laughs> um, and they would hold out a costume in front of it. And I was like, as the bear, deciding what I wanted to wear that day. Right. So, you know, and it was like <laughs> stupid jokes. Like, I think there was a Darth Vader costume or something. And I was like, this color looks good on me, but I don't feel like being on the dark side today. Yeah. <laughs> and then like um, stupid things. And it ended with me saying, um, no matter what I wear, it doesn't matter because I'm at Build-A-Bear where I can be myself. And that's what I want to be today. Myself. And Claire, no joke, stands up and just starts clapping. And I was like, damn it. I got the job. (laughs) I got the job. And uh, she goes, that is the best commercial I have ever seen. And I was like, thank you, Claire. Thank you very much. And then you asked her if she owned a TV. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Wait, you say something bad about my commercial skills? No, it sounds great. Um, And so (laughs) then we had to do separate interviews, which is crazy off of that. Um, Yeah. Long story short, I got the job. She called. Um, I didn't pick up. She left a message. And I am so proud and excited to offer you the position at Build-A-Bear. Yeah. Um, which, Which is sweet. I feel like I'm making fun of this woman oh no that's but like that's wonderful she was so happy yes but i did you. not want to work there <laughs> yeah um it's just unfortunate that <laughs> so i literally no joke googled how long can i wait before i call back and i read yeah. somewhere like like 24 to 46 hours is the max like yeah you know yeah if you're not calling back at that point at that point so i was like all right man you got like a day and a half and i drove to i, I used to at one point i worked at starbucks um years before and i was like in my head, I was like, that is way up on the ladder on, you know, above the yeah. So I drove around to every Starbucks that I could find, got a job within 
you know, 48 hours. <laughs> and then was like, yes, called her back. And I was like, I am so sorry, Claire. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to turn it down. But thank you so much. And she goes, if you ever, ever want a position at Build-A-Bear Workshops, you call me. And I was yeah. like, I will. So we I'm, will hire you in yes. the advertising department right now. Yes. So I'm still holding corporate, on to that. Yes. This whole art thing doesn't work out. Yeah, right. Yeah. See if they have a corporate headquarters yeah. in Boston. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's Claire just waiting for me. That's funny. I almost worked at um, a couple of times. I applied to a lot of jobs. I've had yeah. a lot of jobs. Uh, Electrolux vacuums. Wow. Okay. Going house to house selling vacuums. Oh, house to house. No effing. I am the worst salesman on earth. Yeah. And Your cold. hands could be dirty and I'd have a hard time selling you soap. <laughs> like I'm not a salesperson. I can't do that. So that was like and did the interview and I'm horrible. like, no. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, this ain't going to happen. I, it would, I would have, it would have been a major fail for sure. Uh, before my current job, I interviewed, I, th I think I went to like two or three different interviews yeah. at Orkin Pest Control. Okay. And at the time I had a really long goatee and it was kind of looking at pictures. I'm like, really? I have that. But uh, <laughs> I know that feeling. You know, yeah. first interview. The guy was like, well, "What do you want to talk about?" Like he hadn't, like he had just gotten the job as like the supervisor of like that location. And his first and had like, task yeah, was it, to yeah, like first task was to like hire a replacement for what his yeah, like he was yeah. working. So and he was just like, well, "What do you want to talk about?" And I like went through the whole work history, and I had owned my own business yeah. for a number of years, and I had worked with my father forever before that. It's much better than I would have done. So it's like I just yeah. and he was like, "Oh wow!" He was like, "Whoa!" Like I, he was impressed, but like yeah. not holding back at all. Whoa, yeah. man! Wow, that's great. This, like, okay, he was like man. younger than me. I'm Do like, oh, uh, like, yeah. I'm like, all right. And he goes, "Oh, you good to take a test? Uh, it was some kind of you know placement test or whatever they did." And then uh, I can set up an interview with my boss. And he goes, the only thing is they like clean shaven because when you're out on the road, you got to wear the ventilator and yeah. stuff because you're working with like volatile chemicals. I'm like, great. <laughs> that's exactly what I never wanted to do. Yeah. So I do the second interview, knock it out of the park with that guy. And he's like, you know, he's like, I don't see you being on the road for very long. He's like, I, I see you in an office. Oh, like yeah. You're, you're, you're on the up and up. Yeah. Like you're definitely... That's a good thing to yeah, hear. Yeah, they're like, yeah. you're not, you're, he's like, we hire a lot of guys that just go out on the road and they're happy being on the road yeah. and they're happy doing that. He's like, but you know, I, for your, your background, your resume, everything, you're, you're up there. I'm like, great. Oh, that's, that feels good. And how attached are you to your facial hair? I'm like, at the time I was like really into yes. it, like a long goatee. Yes. I'm like, uh, I'm like, well, you attached. know, I'm like, I can't shave. I'm like, it's attached to my face. Yep. But he's like, well, you can keep the mustache. But you got to just shave the oh. skin, the chin, uh, the chin, and I'm like, keep the mustache. What's it, 1980? Like, no, <laughs> I'm gonna look pretty creepy. Show <laughs> like, yeah. well, you guys uh, hiring me for 80s porn, or yeah. you know what? They're so, back in now. It just yeah, yeah, and um, so that was the, well. He's like, well, you know, your next interview is with like the regional manager. Like yeah. this guy's like up there. He's like, most people don't even interview with him. Like, they were telling, like, straight up telling me, like, yeah. you're going to put you on the road as a formality of getting your feet wet and doing yeah. the job, and then you're going to... I'm like, well, still. And the money was not right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was working, used to working for myself on top of that. So anyway, long story short, long story long. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, between the second and third interview, yeah, 
I get a phone call from the gas company where I work now. Yeah. Oh, you got to come and take a test. Everything's a test now. Yeah. I took the test. I got a phone call the next day for an interview. Had the interview, whatever it was, like a week later and yeah. got the job. And it was like all within that yeah. time frame of like leaving things up in the air. And I applied to probably 20 different places. I got a lot of phone calls back. I applied to a lot of jobs. A lot of them were like just... I'm not going to support a family on. So yep. I'm like, eh, no, yep. didn't realize this was a $12 job. Yep. Sorry. But yeah, I almost did that job. And that was like, I think I would have done well, but I would have hated it. Yeah. And like you, I really would have had no it. facial hair. Yeah. Screw that. That's yeah. weird. Then I would really I look like a baby. <laughs> I do too. I had, I, um, I did a day of a job. Well, it was a photography job. This is, it was a very weird situation where I had to be clean shaven. Yeah. Uh, I had to be clean shaven and I hadn't, I hadn't been clean shaven since high school. Um, I, you know, I grew facial hair and kind of left the scruff forever. Um, right. And so I did, I, I clean shaved for the first time in like five years and, uh, I felt miserable about myself. <laughs> like it's amazing how much that can really. Yeah, I've clean shaven a couple of times. Uh, I, you know, I've had just a mustache. I've had just really super short. Yeah. You know, on my face, and I don't know. I could never really find the right. <laughs> never really find this the right good. thing. This I like good. to have something on my yes, face. I, I can't. Do too. I don't like to leave too many. I look too many like spots. I look like a baby. If I... Me too. At least I did. I, I look pretty young because it is like a carded at a liquor store. Not did you really? Ago. I was so excited. <laughs> I was like, Yes, I do have that for you. Yeah, and, I'm like, and then she looked at it like two seconds. She saw 19. Yeah. And then she saw eight. Isn't that She's crazy? Like, and then she was just like, threw it at me. Somebody said that recently. <laughs> oh, I saw 19. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And they're like, huh. it's nuts. Isn't that insane? Yeah. I have a 20 year old. Actually, I have a 20 year old niece and nephew on both sides, my wife's side of the family, my side of the family. And I. Saw them both over the weekend and had like adult conversations with them. Yeah, and I'm like, this is so strange to like have like conversations <laughs> with like little kids. Little kids. Like you guys were little kids. You're not anymore, but you were. It's nuts. Oh, so here's another one. Yep. Get back on track here. <laughs> yeah, get uh, back to your list. What superpower would you like to have? Oh man. I feel like I, that's how I start every question you ask me. Oh, man. <laughs> I would like the... This sounds a little religious and biblical, but I don't mean it in that way. Um, I would like to he the ability to heal uh, people. That would be... Right. That would be wonderful. Yeah. I, don't, I feel like that could go down a bad road of then, like... Then people will... People assume you're the Messiah. Yes, exactly. But that's not what it says in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. it is not true. Um, You'd probably be burned. Yeah. <laughs> probably be burned all because alive. I wanted a superpower. Yeah, all because like, you wanted to help people. This is a problem from a podcast, people. Don't blame me. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I would I would love that. I, I think, um, you know, I think on a, on a much smaller scale, that is what I get to do with my art. Um, right. Yeah. That's that's how I feel. Uh you know, my my goal always is to create work that people can connect with and that allows them 
kind of kind of opens up a door for them to be mm. able to process um, things in their life that they've been carrying. Um, I mean, I truly, I I believe that, you know, if we're not healing from things, from, you know, emotional traumas or whatever, um, we're just carrying that with us all the time. And so, I mean, think about how many people are just walking around right now with a with a veil over their eyes yeah. of of trauma that they have suppressed for so long and that's yeah. then that's how you end up seeing the world that is that is so sad and yeah true. and i think that that's what leads to a lot of um just a lot of negativity and hatred in the world is that people have gone through these things and not healed from them and so instead they're you know projecting that onto everything they see and i'm not perfect at that i'm still carrying stuff yeah. you know but but i think Allowing yourself to heal and and allowing yourself to say, you know, it's human to cry. It's human to be in pain. It's human to be angry. Um, And allow yourself to work through those things and say, Mm -hmm. this happened to me. What does it mean? How did it hurt? How can I grow from it? Instead of just putting it aside and moving on, because you're never just putting it away. It doesn't work that way. You're always carrying it with you. Yeah. Um, so I, I would love that. I, I feel like that's, that's what I'm doing in my own small way um, right. for the world is, is being one voice that helps somebody open that door for themselves. Yeah. Um, that's what the documentary that I, that I did, uh, that I talked about at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, on my mom and my journey of grief. Um, it was not the best documentary ever. Yeah. I was, you know, I was younger okay. and, um, <laughs> I still think it came out pretty good, um, but but it was pretty it was pretty honest, um, yeah. and we did a bunch of free screenings of it. It was the first project actually that my wife and I worked on together. Um, it was the very beginning of our relationship, so that was kind of like a sink or swim moment right. for us. And <laughs> uh, and we did a bunch of free screenings, and you know afterwards we would have people come up to us and just just cry and talk about. You know, some would say I really needed that just to begin thinking about this again. Yeah. Or they would they would tell us their story or something. And, um, you know, we need that. We we need help from other people yeah. to help us remember. Okay, let's let's you know jolt awake again real quick and remember like, oh, I I can heal from this. I can yeah. I can ask for help. I like that mindset that you have. I love I love that you deliberately want to help people. And it's not just you're out to make money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not like, I'm out to make money. If it helps people along with it, it's fine. Yeah. Like, no, you are deliberately want to help people. You you have this kindness about you that it's rarely, uh, it feels very rare. Yeah. Thank in you. all honesty. There's not a lot of, and not to be sexist about it, there's not a lot of men. Yeah. That care. Yeah. We always we we all have to put on the macho guy thing, yeah. and you know you can only let your wife see your soft side or your or yeah. your close friends. For some people, if that right, yeah, yeah, even, yeah that's that's if that's if you're yeah. that's if you're a real softy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> no, really, man. No, but I really I really do appreciate that, and I really yeah. that was thank you one of the pretty much the main reason I wanted to talk to you. You can see it in all your social media and. It's not that you're you don't come across as inaccessible. Yeah. But 
you seem i had i had to take take a while to ask you to be on the show oh yeah because i'm like i need to make sure i'm i'm worthy <laughs> oh, of talking to him that's very sweet but and, yeah. and i'm i'm at, at a at a point where it's like imposter syndrome yeah, for sure i totally and I'm like, get i that. need to make sure that yeah my show is good enough it sounds good enough everything is good enough to get to get his message your, your message out yeah i need to be able to get your message out in a way that's straight and concise yeah. and we can we can get the message to everyone yeah you know i the only my only drawback is i wish i was bigger for that reason just to to get to help you get your message out no that that means more than i can say um I, I and I, I have a couple things to say off of that. First of all, thank you. That means a lot. Um, I will say first, going back to the beginning, that um, no, I agree. I think, you know, I don't think it's been forever, but I think culturally, right now, um, and and you know, in the distant past, men have, you know, it is it the men are supposed to be, you know tough and not emotional emotions are not for men um which is just ridiculous like yeah if you think about that come on that makes zero sense right yeah it's crazy it's crazy um the truth is that i think and i and i believe this is right when you're constantly suppressing things in your life um you're just you're becoming this unhealthy negative you know toxic person and that is People don't want to be around that. And you, no. don't, you don't want to be around yourself when you're like that. Right. Um, you, everybody deserves to heal from what they're, they have gone through. And, you know, the truth is that there are some people in the world that are going to go through horrible atrocities and war and, and hunger and just things yeah. that I can't even imagine. Um, but that doesn't mean that. Oh, there comes the dog. It's all right. I'm leaving this in. Hi, buddy. Douglas. He hey, sensed doing, that we buddy? were talking about big stuff. You coming to be a comfort dog? Hi. He will be too. Buddy, you want to go out? But everybody has. <laughs> Hi, buddy. The truth is, everybody has pain in their own way, and they they have trauma that they go through. And just because somebody's is worse doesn't mean that another person's is less, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so I'm glad I, I feel really grateful that I get to be a deep feeler. Um, and I do, I feel like a lot more men are opening up to that as well. Yeah. And just realizing like that, you know, I don't need to, I think it's strong and, and powerful and, you know, if you want to use the word manly, to embrace your emotions and yeah. to, to be a, a good partner in that way, right. you know, a good friend to the world. And right. Yeah. yeah. I feel, you know, and I'm raising two boys. Yeah. And I feel, I feel a big responsibility in making sure that they, you know, first and foremost, treat women correctly. Yeah. <laughs> and are able to express their emotions. Yeah. Cuz yes. they're little boys yes. and they don't they don't 100% of the time 
know why they're feeling a certain way or you know yep you know they things just come up yeah they are upset one day or angry or they they just and they don't they can't deal with it they don't know how to deal with it they don't know how to take a step back and think about what's making them feel a certain way they're little boys little kids in general just you know go through you know all the emotions all the time yeah and have no way of knowing how to deal with it so as a parent it's you you got to uh you got to try to teach them in whatever way i can (laughs) yeah uh to to be able to deal with that stuff and as as little boys you know i got to teach them not to be jerks yeah (laughs) for lack of a better term yes i don't want to be open to the world when they're adults when they're you know teenagers and young men and adults i would be heartbroken if i found out that they were cruel to a woman or or anybody for that matter you know over and above you know getting into a verbal argument with one of their buddies or whatever you know it's i would be i would feel very disappointed and probably mostly in myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I'll say to that, um, I was having a conversation recently with, um, hi, buddy. Doug, what are you doing? He says, I don't think he's been down here since I've. Since you've redone it? Yeah, like put everything together in the room. Space? He's like, hey, this rug smells nice. I think I'm going to stink it up. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh, so what I'll say to that is uh, I was having a conversation recently um, with one of Larissa's um, close friends yeah. who is a mother. Um, I forget how old her son is, but he's he's young. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about kind of kind of the same thing, just saying it's difficult at the end of the day to know if you are, are making an impact on your child. You know, you hope that you are, but it's, it's difficult to know if you're doing the right thing or whatever. And, and my thought on that was what matters is intention, right? Like you don't have to be a perfect parent. I mean, there are no perfect parents, but you don't have to nail it in order for the intention to be there. Um, I, you know, my like I said, my mom passed uh, 10 years ago. Um, there are still things that I am just now learning and clicking that are clicking in my head right. that I'm like, oh, that's what she was trying to teach me then. Um, she never was able to fully see it through, but it didn't matter because the intention was there. And that's what really stuck with me. Um, so thankfully. Yeah, thankfully. So I think it'll be the same with you. Um, I really do. And you're a, a wonderful person. Um, and Thanks. you are. And the fact that, that you're thinking about that, you know, when, when you're talking about your boys, you're saying, how can I help them deal with their feelings? That's huge because that has not always been the case. Right. Um, so the other thing that I was going to say is off of you talking about um, not just doing it for money and that mm. kind of stuff. Um, it's true. Like I... I feel like, you know, what really guides me is this desire to connect with people and to help people. Um, but it's hard because it's, you know, we also live in a world where you need you need money, yeah. right? So that has been a very interesting uh, kind of experiment to figure out how can I, you know, how can I stay true to this goal and then also have an income? So, um, you know being an artist and also being a business owner has been has been really interesting but 
I think I think that I'm figuring it out. My thank God yeah. for my wife, because um, she is, I mean, she is sweet and wonderful and thoughtful, but she is also organized, and you know, driven in a way that I'm not, and just. So, so she's good. She'll always say, um, I think that you're underpricing yourself there, or I think that whatever. Right. And it's just, she's the best in that way. So she's got a little business savvy. Yeah, she does. But then <laughs> she'll good. say, oh, I don't have that. And I'm like, no, you do. <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny. I had a similar conversation with my wife where we, we talked about something podcast related and how you know, my goals for the show, my goals for like branding and whatnot. And it was all sparked off of something she just randomly had said. Yeah. She just started talking about something. And I had just come, you know, up <laughs> upstairs from yeah. preparing for this. You know, it was like 10 o'clock at night or whatever. She just starts telling me things as if she was in the room with me doing what I was doing. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, what? Yeah. You put a camera in there or yeah. something? Like, how did you see exactly what I was looking up yes. and the things I was typing? And what, like, I'm trying to come up with a plan. And she's like, just randomly said, like, some kind of weird connection that, you know. I love that, though. Isn't it amazing yeah. when stuff like that happens? I, uh, my wife is, is my best friend, too. Uh, yeah. Like, and I, I feel so incredibly lucky. Um, I dated a bunch, like I was a chronic dater when I was, a, you know, a kid. Yeah, Not really. I was too. Yeah. yeah okay. So good. Yeah. Um, it literally I had a bunch of girlfriends. Yes. I'm literally from like elementary school through <laughs> college. Right. Um, and then I, I dated a bunch and you know, some really wonderful people too, but, um, it wasn't until I moved to the Cape, um, that I really kind of slowed down for a little bit and took some time for myself alone. Um, I I had, you know, again, I was going through a lot of grief and things like that yeah. for my mom, but right. um, I was also dealing with um, mental mental health problems that yeah. I had been trying to figure out for a long time. My, my parents and I had been trying to figure out for a long time. Um, I was officially diagnosed with OCD yeah. um, probably six or seven months after moving to the Cape, um, okay. which was amazing because it was this, this thing that was really, you know, in the works for years. So when I was, I think it was fourth grade, um, I was, I started having just a lot of difficulty with intrusive thoughts, mm -hmm. um, just very so i i have primarily obsessional ocd okay. um which means that it's a lot less of the the outward ritual compulsion things that you would normally see um from somebody with ocd i still have some of them but mostly they're in my head um, yeah and so i will get bombarded constantly with intrusive thoughts um, and specifically with primarily obsessional ocd they're you know Let's hit the big ones. The intrusive thoughts are of usually of a um, sexual, religious, violent, or moral nature, right? Okay. And so <laughs> it's basically just it's like getting a song stuck in your head, um, but it's you just get these horrible images, and um, I don't even want to say thoughts because it's not something that I'm intentionally thinking, but it's just you, you yeah. get bombarded by this this stuff and um 
it really started when I was, I, I want to say it was third or fourth grade. Um, and I, do, you, do you mind if I go into it? Yeah, bit? sure. Um, if you like. And so, okay, go ahead. Uh, so, <clears throat> uh, so what had happened, I, and I remember specifically, it was my first uh, big obsession. Um, I was doing homework one night and I couldn't focus. Um, I kept trying to, and I couldn't focus because I kept having this thought of, that would pop in my head of, um, I hate God over and over again, right. which is, which is weird because like, I'm not a religious person. Um, yeah. I'm spiritual and I, I believe in, you know, love as a ruling force and things like that, but I'm not religious. I did grow up going to church kind of um so that's probably where it, catholic church catholic church yeah. yeah it's probably where it came from yeah, a bit a problem yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so but the truth is it it didn't matter because you know that's that's what this type of ocd harps on right is okay. of a, a religious and, and moral um nature that fits right in and so i must have heard somewhere um, somebody talking about people being evil or something. I don't know. Maybe it was at church. I don't know. Um, probably. probably. <laughs> and, uh, and so this thing stuck in the back of my head and I'm trying to do homework and all of a sudden it pops forward and it's just a thought in my head. Um, I hate God. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Like, no, I don't like, I, first of all, I don't know what I thought of as God then, but like, right. like I don't, you yeah. know, I remember thinking like, I don't. And so I had to keep trying to counteract it by saying like no i don't i'm a i'm a good person yeah um, and it would just the more that i would try and push against it the worse it would get right. and it would just okay. keep looping to the point where like i just you know i started to think like well if this is in my head i must be a really bad person i must be evil even though like I'm like, no, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty good kid. Like I, like, yeah. yeah, but it just keeps looping and looping. Mm -hmm. And the more that you push against it, the harder it comes back. Um, to the point where I finally, like, after a few days of that, I went to my mom crying and was just like, I don't know what's happening. Like this yeah. is going on in my head and, uh, and just broke down crying. And she was like, you know, of course you're not an evil person. Like you're a wonderful person. Yeah. Um, so that it's was silly for a little kid to think. Yes. Yeah. And so, so that was really the start of my, of our journey. Um, my parents and I tried all different things. We went to different therapists um, and it just was never quite diagnosed. They couldn't, you know, whether I wasn't open enough about it, I don't know, but um, we even went to um, a hypnotist yeah. Um, to deal with because I did have some outward compulsions that I couldn't right. stop doing um, like certain things with my hands or whatever um, and the hypnotist actually really helped with that I would listen to a uh, recording of, of him every night and it was just a way to like kind of train my brain to not do those compulsions um, anyway kind of went away after a few years um, it was bad for a bit. Like I had trouble paying attention in school because I would just get these intrusive thoughts and um, very distressing thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, and so kind of went away middle school. I was pretty good through middle school and high school um, and college. It popped up a little bit again, not that specifically, but other, other intrusive thoughts and obsessions. Uh, and then after my mom died, I think brought on by stress and by grief and depression. Um, ooh, when I moved to the Cape, it just like, 
and and I think I think what happened I think what happened is that when I moved to Monument Beach on the Cape, yeah. it was it was far enough away from everybody where I didn't really know anybody around me. It was far enough away from family and things like that. It was my own space. I didn't live with anybody. It was my first yeah. time being alone. Um, and I, I all of a sudden had the time and the space to, to fall apart and break down, mm. um, which I think I really needed. It was difficult at the time, but yeah. um, it was like my OCD. <clears throat> it was like my OCD just exploded. Um, and just just really difficult intrusive thoughts um was having difficult time at work um and then at night i was just having panic attacks two or three times a day it was really bad um and so finally ended up going i had been to therapists before in my life but i didn't have one at the time finally ended up going to a therapist um and she the therapist I have now, she is just wonderful. Um, and it was, it was amazing. I mean, literally go there, talk about what's going on. And she's like, Oh, that's OCD. Like Hmm. you're dealing with OCD. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense because you see OCD in the media, right? As something different. Yeah. You see on TV and the person's opening and closing the door and locking it 17 times. Exactly. Or they're like, you know, Uber, cleanly uh, you know like yeah, uh, yeah they're washing their hands yes and yeah. like that's not my thing but what i what i've learned is that those are compulsions as a way to deal with intrusive thoughts you know trying to um if somebody has a intrusive thought about germs or something they're trying yeah. to counteract that right um but so yeah so i was diagnosed with ocd and that really it, it was a difficult time for a bit that's why it took my wife and I um, some time to get together. We had yeah. met, and I was just too much of a wreck, really. To <laughs> we went on a couple of dates, and then I, you know, how do I say this nicely? I ghosted her, like I just like disappeared. Because um, during I, the gate, the date? The, no, no. Oh. Like, we went on like two dates, and then like <laughs> no, like the day I don't after. Know, yeah, oh, yeah. Right, right. I just like stopped calling. Stopped. So, geez, how the hell did she talk to you? Can you imagine? Again? Oh my god. Oh, I'm sure people do that. Um, I, I know. I can't imagine. And it's not my mo too. Like I don't, you know. I try and be respectful, and I was just such a mess, and I was so, I was just dealing with so much that um, I just dropped it and lucky for me she ended up reaching out a few weeks later and was like well if we can't if we're not going to date i'd still like to be your friend because i i like you yeah um so we became friends and then i finally opened up to her about everything that was going on literally told her all of just the horrible things in my head um yeah thinking you know, I'm going to say these things. This girl will be gone. She's yeah, not and saying then she ghosted you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. And no, she just was like, okay, that makes sense. And it was like, oh, yeah, relief. oh my God, relief. And so we became friends, close friends, and then just slowly started yeah. dating. Um, I think last time when we met, you had, you had told me a bit about how you and your wife started dating. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting because you you were talking about um like uh, approval we were talking about approval uh other people giving you approval for your work yes and you get to a certain point 
where you expect people to just not alone. Like, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. Like yeah. everybody just kind of telling you it's great. You expect everybody to just say it's great. Yeah. And then you don't know if it's an ego thing or whatever, whatever reason. Yeah. You, when somebody's not <laughs> telling yes. you it's great, yes. you go, wait a minute. Yes. Well, so yeah, the story was that I had, um, you know, I had grown up with a very good family and friends. Yeah. And so they always supported me. Um, my parents always supported me and would say, oh, good job. Like, that's great. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is good, which is what yeah, you need, good. right, yeah. as a kid. Um, but then I got to this point where then I thought, well, like, you know, people just think my stuff is good. And so I, you know, would start to realize, like, people aren't giving me true feedback. Yeah. But it also doesn't matter because it feels good to get, yeah. to you know, that you're a great writer or whatever. And so I remember uh, Larissa and I had become friends. And we were somewhere in between friends and dating. Um, and I thought to myself, I'm going to show her something I wrote. That'll like really like, she'll yeah. be into that, you know? Like <laughs> she's going to be like, wow, what a good writer. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> total ego right there. Yeah. So she reads it um, and she finishes it and she goes, oh, that was good. Do you want my feedback? And I was like, huh? <laughs> Do you want my feedback? I'm like, uh, I guess so. And then, because I think we, I had sent it to her through email or something. So she emailed me back just like this list of critiques. <laughs> like, you know, not mean, just like critiques about yeah. stuff. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? And I'm pretty sure we like didn't talk for a couple of days because I was just so thrown off by like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and then I let my ego kind of come back down and settle for a bit. <laughs> and I was like, well, let me read really again what she wrote. And she has since then made my work so much better. Right. Because she, she is so supportive of me, but she continues to say, I believe in you, so I'm not going to let you settle for less than you are capable of yeah um i she has told me since that she was like well i definitely lost him after that one she thought like <laughs> like we were done um but I, really I just needed some time to, to come around uh but yeah that's I, really funny and then the um continuing about work i mean that's where things have really all started to come together between you know, support from her really pushing me to grow yeah. and um, get get even better. Um, and then also taking what I've learned from my pain, from my mental illness, um, and realizing that, you know, if, if I go through things where I am, I'm a mess and, and, in so much pain and I'm out in the world and people don't know it. What are other people going through? What, yeah. you know, what are they carrying around? Um, it makes me just want to love people and to help people. And so th I've really been putting that into my work as well. So, um, between those two things, I think I've been growing a lot, uh, really since I, since I moved to the Cape and since I got together with my wife, yeah. um, it's funny what having a good partner in life can do. Yep. You know, and like we were saying before about um, 
growing as people and how I'm so different than I was when yeah. me and my wife met. You know, we've been together 14 years. Yeah. So I'm a totally different person yeah. than I was 14 years ago. I, it's crazy. I care about different things. Yes. I, you know, I, I feel different ways about, you know, everything. Yeah. And uh, it's so important to have somebody that supports you. And I am the kind of person that gets a lot of ideas. Yeah. A lot I, of really crazy, a lot similar. of really stupid ideas. And she <laughs> she is able to help me weed out the dumb ones yep. and hold on to the ones that, like, you got yes, something there. Yes. You got one there, Matt. That, yeah. Hold on to that one. That other one, not so much. Like, maybe you should skip that. No, I get, Larissa <laughs> will say to me, she'll say, that's really cool. That's interesting. Is that is that what you want to spend your time on? <laughs> And right. it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, because exactly. she knows she's like, you have all these other things, too, you want to do. So which ones do you want to spend your time on? Yeah. Um, man, <laughs> having a good partner is is just is everything. So that was. That was the long answer to what you want your superpower to be. <laughs> <laughs> I just was looking at my notes and I'm like, oh, geez, that's that was the last thing I asked you. You know, what's so funny is uh, so. I told you last time when we did the interview, interview the first time, yeah, that I had put it off for a bit because I was so nervous. Yeah, because I had I have done interviews in the past, but it had been a while, really, you know, before COVID. So it had been like a year, over a year and a half. So I was really nervous to do the interview with yeah. you because I, I was saying to my wife like the night before, I'm like, what am I even going to say? And she's like, what are you going to say? You talk to me all the time, <laughs> like constantly. Yeah. And so then the interview happened. Right. And it yeah. was great. And I felt good afterwards. Um, and I was like, oh, so clearly I can do that. Like, I shouldn't yeah. worry anymore. And then, you know, everything happened where and I called you and said, <laughs> hey, it didn't work, <laughs> which I felt so bad about. Oh, and uh so I was like, no big deal, because I did it. I know I can do it. I'm good. Come last night, I'm like, shoot, what am I going to say? I have nothing to say, even though I just did a whole interview. So did she just look at you from the side of the Yeah, she was like, hold up. This is not about you not having things to say. This is about imposter syndrome. And yeah. like, which, which is just constant for creatives, right? Like you get into yeah. the space where you feel like either... I'm not good enough and I've never been good enough. I've just kind of been like tricking people into thinking that I'm good and yeah. or like I was once good, but I don't have that thing anymore and I have to get it back and yeah. and that's not the case. It's being an artist is and I think being an artist is like these are random percentages, so don't yeah. write them down. But uh, it's, you know, 20% look the, it up. The, yeah, exactly, look it up. It's 20% the work that you do, right? but it's 80% just finding a way to continue forward. It's right. that's the most difficult part is to, to somehow work past the negative voices in your head and to work past the negative voices in the world yeah. and to, to believe that you're good enough and find ways financially to continue forward. Yeah. All those things. Um, the work is important, but it's so little of what being an artist is. It really yeah. is just like, finding a way to get through and and continue forward to the next day. I'm very envious of the people that have like an overabundance of confidence. Yeah. <laughs> Even when they're not good at something, they're confident in it. You're yeah. like, how, like, who raised you? Like, how the <laughs> hell did that happen? Yes. How, did, how are you able to like not even realize you suck at something? 
and be confident, <laughs> be confident. In it. like you're, you're like you're knocking it out of the park it's like wow i don't know where you came from you know what's so funny though? i could be good at something yeah and not know it yes. because i'm so in my own head like about this yeah um i'm i'm very self-aware so i know consciously yeah what i am improving on what i have to improve on yeah it's all in the back of my mind every time i hit record <laughs> yes I say, all right, don't say but um 400 times. And then, and then try we, not to. Then we do. Yeah, try not to do 45 seconds of dead silence while you're thinking. <laughs> Throw something in. You know, it's a yeah. lot of, you know, getting my brain to communicate with my mouth. <laughs> for <laughs> real, though. For real. For yeah. me, it's remembering stuff. I forget things constantly. Oh, I have the worst memory ever. Um, but what I have found is that. Because I, I used to feel, and somewhat still feel the same way, where you see somebody so confident, like just abundance, and you're like, oh, that would be great, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but I have really found that talking about struggling, talking about doubt, um, talking about imposter syndrome has connected me with so many people. Yeah. Um, I feel like I have better relationships with uh you know followers online with customers with friends because i'm open about that yeah because everybody else probably thinks oh like you know oh everybody else is confident but i'm not and it's like oh no it's the opposite like we're all worried you know oh it's like i said to you before i wanted to make sure i felt i was worthy of having you on the show before i even asked because i'm like if i don't have my audio straightened out, which apparently I didn't. <laughs> if I don't have, you know, present myself yeah. correctly, if I, yeah. you know, it, it's it piles up in your head and it's Absolutely. 50 things that you're like, oh, if I don't, if I don't do this right, yeah, I, I am not worth asking this person to be on the show. And it's like, yeah. like, this is my side project. This is my side job. Not that I'm making money on it. But, uh, you know, it's, yeah. this is what I want to do on the side and hopefully do yeah. permanently. I'm like, I, it's it's never going to end. I'm, oh, man, yeah. I'm never, never, it's never good enough, which is good. I'm glad I'm like that. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not stupidly confident. <laughs> yes, that's very true. just fuck things that's up constantly <laughs> and think I'm doing great. Um, no, I... <sighs> Yeah, I told totally, yeah, we I think we're in the same boat uh as far as that goes cuz that that feeling that you have um with wanting to connect to your audience and uh on the vo- on the more vulnerable side. Yeah. is you know, earlier this year, later last year, I I started putting out just solo episodes. Yeah. cuz I had no way of interviewing anybody. Yeah. I listened to a few and of them. I yeah. said, you know, this is, I need to I'm feeling I'm feeling it and I need to try to put this stuff out there and I've you know I sat down with my computer and just wrote yeah. like every night I put headphones in uh and I just listened to music and wrote yeah and 50% of it was absolute garbage some of the episodes I put out uh, admittedly I don't even like them I listened to them I was like oh, I should have done that <laughs> But there's there is a bunch out there, and I, yeah. I I feel that same like we're at the same level as far as wanting to help people. Yeah, making everybody realize that they're not alone, and that comes through with what you do. And and to me that that is a huge success. 
I mean, literally, you think about the name of your podcast, right? Yeah. You're saying, listen, I know the world calls you odd for, you know, uh, digging deep into your emotions or for uh, trying to make this a career or whatever. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, we are odd, but I don't think yeah. that, you, that that's wrong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And so you're doing that literally just with the name and then the podcast begins and there's there's even more in there. So I think that that is very much coming through. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So back to the question. Yeah. Let's see how far we can bring this. One. <laughs> <laughs> that was one. That's insane. <clears throat> yeah. That was just one question. Um, this will be a good one. What's your absolute favorite food? What's a food? What's a food you could eat every day and never get sick of it? So you asked me this last time. Yeah. And I didn't have a perfect answer. And when I found out that that we were going to do it again, I was like, I'm going to come up with a perfect answer, <laughs> and I never did. Uh, <laughs> I, it's so difficult. I love food so much. Yeah. Um. My my fallback is Thai food. That's what I'll say. Um. I I don't. I wouldn't say that I'm like obsessed with it or like, but I do know that there are so many times when I say to Larissa, we should get Thai food. And she says, I just can't do Thai food again. So I'm like, again, clearly, <laughs> clearly like, I like it a lot. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's a, I just love food so much. What I love the, the experience of salad. Food. It was Thai food and then salad. Yeah. yeah. Because, and I do, I think that that's true as well. I love salad. That's a solid answer. Like sometimes just salad for lunch, Thai food for dinner every yeah, day. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that's happy. the life, man. <laughs> oh. Coffee for breakfast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I love breakfast food too, though. I just, I love experiences. So like, and I miss it because I really haven't gone, we haven't gone to restaurants like much at all yeah. during the pandemic. Um, I've gone to a couple lately um like especially if we sit outside or something but uh yeah i'm liking the sitting outside i like that restaurants like restaurants yeah. that don't normally have it then all of a sudden there's outside seating you're like <laughs> they should have been doing this i know like forever it's so funny like, what were they thinking um, untapped market yeah but i just i i love that i love going to a place that really enjoys what they do um and having that food or, or going going somewhere and having a family make a food that is part of their family tradition. And I get to have it. I love that. I love mom and pop restaurants. Yeah. We lived in Fall River. And that is, you know, other than seeing family, of course, the thing we miss most yeah. is the food. Yeah. Restaurants everywhere. And they're all mom and pop places. They've all been there for like 60 years or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, we just, I was telling you about my uh, parents' 50th. We went to this restaurant. I will give them all the free advertising they want. It's a 21, and they're a, a Portuguese restaurant. And, you know, we we did it where there was, like, platters yeah. of food, and then it's kind of like buffet style where you just grab a plate, and you yeah. like fam I don't know what they call that, family style, buffet style. Yeah. And, Wonderful um, style. This food was like, you know, sometimes you see that at, like, a wedding or whatever, and the food's dry or what. This food was perfect. Yeah absolutely perfect and it was you know out there and we we ended up we anticipated more people going some people had to drop out because of health issues or covid yeah and 
So we ended up with like a whole entire giant tray of food oh, that we no brought home. Way. We've been giving it to the neighbors. We've been, <laughs> I had it. I can't eat any more of it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm like, I can't eat any more of this. Like every day, I'm like trying to make, there's a bunch of like pork left yeah. over because the Portuguese make um, pork and little necks. Yeah. And it's like the best dish on earth. Oh God. One of the best dishes on earth. So I was like getting the pork yesterday and like shredding it up and making tacos out of it. Yep. Like I was like trying that to sounds think amazing. Of what to do next. I'm like, I don't know what to do. What can I put it in I'm now? Like, yeah. I'm like, this is I can't take it anymore though. Anyway, um My wife is Portuguese. Um, oh, all right. Or yeah. you know, uh, Good for you. partly <laughs> right? Yeah. So like her family, um so it's uh Italian and Portuguese are the main. Oh, Jesus. The main, well, you really yeah. not, that's why. I know. <laughs> and so um, for holidays. I've never met her. She does sound wonderful. She's wonderful. She just sounds so much better now. She, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Italian she's the best, man. I'll tell you, the first thing I fell in love with was her laugh. Because she just had like this loud, like full of life, like yeah. really laughing. And uh, that just stuck in my head. Where like, I didn't even know how much I liked her until I was home by myself and I could still like hear her laughing. And yeah. I was like, Oh man, I miss that girl. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but her family does, uh, they have traditions and it's interesting. So they're, um, it's not straight Portuguese food or straight Italian food. They're from, um, her mom grew up in North Plymouth, okay. um, which is where her parents lived most of their lives or, um, Larissa's grandparents lived most of their lives. Okay. Um, and North Plymouth is a is this weird mix of Portuguese and Italian immigrants. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know still, but it, that was at one time. Mm -hmm. And so there are recipes that are North Plymouth recipes. Actually, somebody okay. at one point, um, not that long ago, put out a cookbook, um, like self published it or something, of North Plymouth recipes. And Larissa's mom was like so excited because all yeah. of a sudden, <clears throat> here are these recipes from her childhood that she couldn't remember how to make you know right and, yeah that's awesome um, so it's really fun we we have these these dishes that we just love so that's cool yeah yeah i'm sure there's a lot of distinct fall river recipes there is fall river chow mein for chinese food oh really i don't know if you've ever had chow mein if <laughs> you ever yes. ordered chow mein yeah so describe to me what chow mein looks like or is like uh it has a it's not an egg noodle what is it it's a so right away, I'm, I'm like, not going to no, do a good you know, job. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I've ordered it out here and I was confused. Yeah. Because it's not germane to me. Is it like really uh, like a lot of onions and. It's like chopped. Uh... Is there anything brown about it in color? <laughs> I don't I don't think usually. No. no. So in Fall River, they have um, the chow mein is like these hard little brown noodles they're yep. all twisty and then the gravy that they put on it yeah is um you can get strained with nothing in it but it's brown and it has you're looking at me like what the fuck is that I don't it sounds that. like slightly familiar it but... sounds gross no it but it's got um you know like all the onions and celery and yeah. all, all kinds of you know those vegetables they put in it usually yeah. like chicken yes yeah. they'll put like chunks of chicken or uh, pork or beef and uh, it's really, really good. Is it really? Yeah. And I grew up with that. And when we moved here, yep. I ordered ch Chinese food from, uh, you know, the place down the road. I don't even know what the hell the name of it is. And uh, <laughs> when we, I went and picked it up and got it. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, 
Where's the chow mein? Where the hell is this? Mel's like, I think that's the chow mein. What the hell is this crap? Yeah. I was like, no, no. It's like a bowl, this isn't what I grew like up a bowl with. full of wet onions. Yes, what what yes. is this crap? The chow mein. So I can see the North Plymouth thing. Yes, exactly. Very distinct Exactly. And recipes. then people from that area know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. But if you're outside of it, it's like, people are like, what is what is that word? Or like, what, you know, yeah. what is this thing you made? The other thing they do is chow mein sandwiches. Really? They get the chow mein and they put it in like a burger bun. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That's so interesting. So good. <laughs> uh, when I think of chow mein, I think of like a like a clear white sauce. Yeah, that's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> that's wrong. It's, it's been wrong book. all along. It's wrong. I've never that. known. Nobody orders chow mein up here. They're, I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> um, what skill do you wish you had or a skill you wish uh, came easy to you? Something that you're like, damn, this is hard. So again, this is something you asked last time and I yeah. didn't have a good answer for it. And I do have a good answer <laughs> this time. Because I thought of it. And I'm like, of course that's the answer. Um, I'm horrible at relaxing. Okay. Like horrible at relaxing. I like I like doing things. Um, I, I also just have a lot of energy all the time. Um, and so I'm constantly doing stuff. But it means that when I'm like, you know, I'm going to take a day off and just like hang out and relax. I just can't. Like my my muscles hurt. Um, just like not <laughs> yeah. hurt, but just like I'm just antsy. Like I'm yeah, not good antsy. at relaxing. Yeah. And yeah. and it leads into uh, sleep problems too. I, I end up going through sleep problems a lot, which I think you do as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So you brought up sleep. Does your wife fall right to sleep? It is so annoying. She falls <laughs> right to sleep. It is so annoying. Like literally, we're having a conversation and I'll pause, like in bed, and I'll pause for like thirty seconds. And if I start, then I start speaking again. And she's gone. Yeah. And it's like, it I woke takes... up Melanie last night. Yeah. We laid in bed. We were talking. Same scenario. Stopped talking for thirty seconds. Started talking to. <laughs> she's like, oh, yes. What? What happened? I'm like, what do you mean? What happened? We were having a conversation. Yes. I thought you were gonna respond, but you fell asleep. Oh my god! Right? <laughs> it's like, I just that's not me. I'm sure at one point in my life I slept better, but um, you know, I I work really hard at sleeping well. I have to, you know, I usually have to exercise uh, during the day to to get out some like excess energy. Um, and then I have like this whole set of things that I do at night, like stretching and journaling and just, yeah, to... I need to have a better routine. And even still, it's not perfect. You know, um, speaking of, of sleep, I did go through this period, um, where, you know, I, I talked about my OCD and intrusive thoughts and stuff. So I, it sounds like I'm being dramatic, but I have a, a bit of a tortured soul kind of kind of thing you know yeah. where just uh just <clears throat> you know i'm a half i'm a i like who i am and i'm a good person and a deep thinker and a grateful person um but i end up just getting a lot of dark images in my head and stuff like yeah. that and um stuff i have to sit with and so <laughs> sometimes i go through this period where uh i just have really really bad nightmares um yeah. So, so the, I'm telling this on a podcast, but whatever, she won't care. The first night that Larissa ever stayed over with me, <laughs> uh, I kid you not. Do you remember, um, 
do you remember that time it was 2015 or 16 it was the rapture going on the quote-unquote rapture like everybody was talking not everybody but there was some group <laughs> of people that were saying it was going to be the end of the world and it was the rapture i feel i feel like i do and so it was on like that. billboards and stuff and like you know you knew it wasn't but it was also just being talked about so much and uh <laughs> so i larissa stays over right i seem like this happy fun person <laughs> yeah. we go to sleep and i have this epic long nightmare that feels like it is just days um where it's the end of the world and this sounds so trippy, but um, giant crows take over and, <laughs> okay. and judge all the humans. And like, like, so I end up in my, in my nightmare, I, I am taking the place of like all these different people. So I die like, like 30 oh times. It's like yeah. traumatic and long and it goes on forever, but it's, you know, not super out of the norm. And so I wake up and I, it's morning and I roll over, I'm exhausted and Larissa is yeah. just laying there with her eyes open. And I'm like, good morning. And she goes, you have been crying and screaming all night. And I was like, this girl is gone. Yeah, she is absolutely. never going to talk. Apparently, I cried all night in my sleep. The first night she Jesus ever slept Christ. over. And there, there is this guy. So uh, she stuck with me, which is pretty amazing. But so that's. Oh, my God. That's funny. Yeah. It's funny. It's not funny. Yeah, no, oh I can't. Oh my god! I Spending can't. a night for the first time with somebody and they're like, um, you crying, know, crying freaking and out. freaking <laughs> out. Like, okay, she knew what she was in for from the beginning at least. Oh, yeah, so. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I seem to have. Uh, I have nightmares every once in a while. I don't think my wife even dreams. Oh, that she yeah. just falls asleep and wakes up. There's no. There's nothing in between. That's what she is like. Doesn't move. I'm tossing, turning, get up to pee, get yeah. up to drink some water, yeah. have a snack, go back to bed. I'm all over the place. She's just like, That's out. what Larissa will say <laughs> once in a while. Um, she's like, once in a while I dream, but but most of the time yeah, she's just... I'm pretty sure my wife doesn't dream. It's amazing. Daydreams, maybe. But... I do have good <laughs> dreams sometimes. I had a dream recently where um, I, I wrote... it was Again, it was this epic long dream that lasted forever. And, uh, and I... It's amazing that you remember it. I, it's, they're like super detailed too. I don't always remember it, but the ones that like super stick. Detailed. Oh my God. Um, and I played guitar in the dream and I wrote, I just learned how to play guitar or something. And I wrote this song and I remember singing the song over and over again. And I was so excited because it was going to launch my music career. <laughs> um, and I woke up and it was so visceral that I was like, I was like ready to like, you know go record some songs except i don't know how to play guitar and i didn't know the lyrics so perfect <laughs> i was very bummed yeah i would have been bummed yeah. out on that one so if you could uh collaborate with anybody past or present uh and i don't know i guess we'll pick film film yeah okay who who would you like to collaborate with um I would have, I, you know, old, uh, old Spielberg, or, or rather young, young Spielberg, um, like, like Jaws, um, era, era, uh, yeah, a lot of the filmmakers that I love now 
even if their style and their storytelling is very different from Spielberg, um, they got a lot from him. Who, you know, and he also got a lot from Hitchcock and things like that. But um, yeah, just the I love I love thinking about him as this like young kid somehow being trusted by the studios to just go make movies um, and and making these amazing things. I love that. Um, That's cool. I, if if we were to talk about writing and poetry, uh, Mary Oliver is one of my favorite poets. Um, she passed away. She's from Provincetown. Okay. Um, lived in Provincetown um, most of her life. And she passed away not that long ago, a few years ago. Um, and she is like my go-to poet. Um, and so I, I would love to, to just even just, I would love to collaborate, but really just even watch her, you know, come up with yeah what she did so experience her work yeah i know we talked a little of uh, about your creative process as far as using watercolor and putting um your poetry with it um but is your creative process to say write a poem is it more formal or is it just intuitive do you go into it thinking all right i'm gonna write a poem about how I'm feeling and it's, you know, this you're, you're dwelling on it or are you just writing? Uh, there's two different, there's a few different stages, but, um, it always starts with, and it's interesting. I talk about intrusive thoughts a lot, um, and how they're these negative things, but it, in a very similar way, I will get, um, lines, uh, like a beginning line of a poem will pop in my head or, a theme will pop in my head or something like that. Um, and that I, I usually write that down. Um, and then that will kind of start my process of writing. Uh, I believe that. So, so I'm, you know, I'm somewhat spiritual. Um, so like, I believe, you know, that's partly coming from some greater source a bit, but, but overall, I believe that, um, really what's happening is you know I go out into the world and I experience things um I experience things in my own life and then those get put in the back of my head and my brain kind of tumbles them around Hmm. and then later on it'll just come up with this phrase and pop it back out into my consciousness and I'm like oh that's a great thing and it's from something that I experienced however long ago um and I and I write that down um and then that's the beginning of the process. And then I will um, either really work on a poem, like right then and there, or I'll put it away and come back to it later. Um, and then really it's just a bunch of writing bad poetry uh, <laughs> and, and bad writing. Um, and then just going over it again and again and again and, and getting to something good. Cool. If you could give advice to anyone... Anyone starting off, anybody creative, anybody artistic, yeah. if uh, you could give them any advice, what would you give them? Pretty much what I just said, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, make, make a lot of bad work. Um, I think that, and, and especially right now with social media making uh, sharing so possible, I think that people have this fear of 
needing something to be really good in order to make stuff. Yeah. And that's not true. I make so much bad work. <laughs> I make so much bad work. Uh, and you need to work through that to get to the good stuff. Um, even the greatest artists in the world make bad work, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I would say don't, don't be afraid. Don't think you have to be perfect. Um, it doesn't have to be a one and done. You, you can start and make something and then you come back and do a second pass and a third pass. And that's right. how most things in the world work. I mean, even it sounds silly, but working on, on my lawn and my garden. Yeah. It's not just that I put seed down and then it's done. And if I didn't do it perfectly, it's not going to work out. I'll go back over the next season and, and add a little more and yep. fix something. And yeah, so. that's the boat on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> go over it a thousand exactly. times. But that takes away the fear. Yeah. That takes away the fear, I think, of of trying new things because I think people are capable of so much more than they let themselves believe. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Where can people purchase your work? Yeah, so uh, you can go to our website, um, dreamofthewoods.com. Uh, we have a shop on there. Um, and then we also wholesale and sell in shops to um, places all around the country. Um, so we're... I think we're in almost, I think we're in, we're in every coastal state, um, at least one shop in every coastal state. That's crazy. Yeah. It's been, it's been a <laughs> blast. So awesome. It's been a wild ride. And so you can either purchase from us on our website, or if you have a local shop that you love, you can always go in and, and ask them, would you guys maybe carry this, um, yeah. and support two businesses at, at once. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. And how can people contact you if they uh, need to? Yeah. Um, so my uh, my handle, my user account on, on everything, um, on Instagram, Facebook, everything is at Michael F. Du Bois. Um, cool. So that's my handle everywhere. It's uh, You can find that. And then we also have um, at Dream of the Woods on Instagram. Nice. So. so thank you again for coming here. Yeah, thank you, man. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad... We were able to make this happen. Glad you're here. I am too. It was nice talking to you again. And I'll just I'll just add at the end that um, I think this is awesome. I think the the podcast is great, and that you're only gonna grow into better things, and people will catch on and cool. listen. And uh, I can't wait to see more odd people that you interview. So, cool. Yeah. Thank you. I Thanks, appreciate man. that. I want to thank Michael for talking to me again. Uh, like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, uh, we had a bit of a, a snafu, if you want to call it that, uh, with the audio the first time, the first time around. Uh, it was a it was a good interview, but it's for the most part lost forever. So we had another great interview, and we had another uh, another great day of hanging out. He's a good guy. And uh, I'd really like to congratulate him and his wife on her pregnancy. Uh, it's very exciting. I think uh, I haven't met his wife yet, but he seems like he's going to be a really great and attentive father. Follow his Instagram, Michael F. Dubois. That's Dubois, D-U-B-O-I-S. And Dream of the Woods on Instagram. And go check out dreamofthewoods.com. 
go and pick up their uh, apparel, prints, decals, stickers, and banners. They got it all. They got everything. Um, I'm currently looking at his print of Be the Ocean, his poem. He very kindly gave it to me, and I immediately framed it. And it's, uh, it's going to be something that gets read a lot. It's very inspiring. Thank you for listening today. Make sure to check out the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook accounts. Join the Facebook group if you're a Facebooker. Go to oddpeoplepodcast.com for info about the show and to purchase merchandise. It's all there. All this awesome merchandise that's there for you. You can support the show for as little as 99 cents a month by going to anchor.fm slash odd-people slash support. I hope you tune in next time. Stay creative. Stay inspired. And as always, stay odd.